0: Hello and welcome to Two Kids and Not Counting, here with Parker and Lexi. Uh, Episode 4, we're going to be talking about Adeline's birth story today. So, this past episode, we dove into Seventeen and Pregnant.
1: With Adeline.
0: With Adeline. And we're going to skip through some of the boring stuff. buying baby stuff, getting engaged, getting married.
1: Okay, well our en- our engagement was very sweet and very cute but getting married wasn't like the whole shebang i mean it was just a courthouse wedding so i didn't think personally that that would have made a great episode
0: it wouldn't have been too much it was <laughs> it was quick it was fun yeah it was amazing
1: i was pregnant very i was like what 37 weeks pregnant
0: yes so yeah 37 yeah. weeks cuz she was about 3 weeks later no, yeah. two
1: weeks. Yeah. I would have been 36 weeks pregnant then because she was born in 39 weeks. Anyway, we'll get into that.
0: Yes, we will. So, got married the beginning of August. Um, top three days ever for me. I think you can probably guess the other two. Um, what, your
1: the wedding, Adeline and Theodore's birthdays?
0: Oh, yeah, I guess those should be on my top three, huh?
1: What was your other one? Oh my
0: god. Chiefs just won the Super Bowl.
1: Oh shut up. You're stupid. I am
0: stupid. Uh, yes.
1: That's so messed up. <laughs> it was a joke.
0: That's what number it four. Um, <laughs> it was a joke. I'm kidding. Buying
1: our first moving into our first house together, buying your first truck. Let us let's, let's rank
0: these. No, we're not going through that. Maybe maybe another episode. Yeah. Um, that'll be
1: an extreme boredom episode that we have no idea what to talk
0: about top 10 days ever (laughs) in our own (laughs) personal lives that'll be the most
1: boring that no one wants to hear about okay
0: so yeah we got married it was great it was awesome and then a few weeks later boom baby boom we you were very ready we were kind of do you want
1: me to tell the story yeah I mean, just, like, the part where, like, the labor started. The
0: week leading up to it, we were trying everything. Yeah, so
1: the week leading up to her being born, I was done. I was about 30... So, I had her at 39 weeks and four days. So, those, like, three to four days before I was obviously already cleared by my um, OB-GYN, then I could start doing stuff to try to, like, start labor. So, I was swimming a lot, like, walking walking laps around our pool in the backyard, because... Um, like physical activity, walking, that kind of stuff can help. Um, and also when you're that pregnant, your muscles and your, like everything hurts. So being in the pool walking, it obviously relieves a lot of that pain. So that was the best place to be walking. Um, and then we do nightly walks outside after dinner. Um, we'd eat really spicy food for dinner every night. I had one of those big yoga balls and I would bounce on it endlessly. Anytime I wasn't in the pool walking or like eating food, I was bouncing on that ball. Um, so we really just tried a lot of stuff. Now the night just... before I'm getting there, the night that I went into labor with Adeline, we had, i spent literally that entire day. I think I got in the pool at like 10 a.m. that morning and I was in the pool walking in circles for probably, what was it, Sunday? No, Saturday. It was Saturday. She was born Sunday. Yes. It was a Saturday, so I was in the pool probably walking until, like, four. Obviously, I was taking, like, eating snacks and taking breaks and stuff like that. But, um and then I was, after we got out of the pool, I, like, took a shower and I bounced on the yoga ball while everyone was making dinner. My dad was making super spicy tacos that night. Like, I told him to make them extra spicy, to because we lived with my parents still, to try to get labor going. And my sister read that pineapple juice would put me into labor, and so she went to the store, like literally left the house that day and went to the store and bought me canned pineapple juice, like a six-pack of them. Mm-hmm. And she my dad and Parker drank like three of them with like vodka or whatever they were doing. And
0: <laughs> we were in the pool with her all day, which led to pineapple and banana vodka mixed drinks.
1: Yeah, anyway, but the rest of it I drank. I would just literally open the can and chug a thing of pineapple juice, which it was disgusting, chugging an entire thing of pineapple juice straight gross but I think I drank three of them or four of them within like a 45 minute period I just chugged them and then right after that we ate dinner about 30 minutes after I did that we ate dinner super spicy tacos crazy spicy and then we went on a walk after that and then we came home it we took a shower I think I took another shower no no we didn't we I just went to bed and at about 9.30. 9.30 9.30. 9.30 I woke up like I was sleeping both Parker and I were like dead asleep because at this point I was exhausted because I was so pregnant that like all I wanted to do was sleep so I was we went to bed really early and fell asleep probably at like 8:45 or 9 some random thing like came over me and like I woke up like I shot I shot up in my bed like sitting up and I was like What was that? Like, I felt like a pop inside of me, and I stood up. Like, I immediately stood up out of bed after I, like, sat up and, like, woke up, and just, like, if you've seen a movie scene of a woman's water breaking where it's, like, a big gush of balloon come out, that's what happened. Like, a lot of doctors will tell you it'll just be, like, a slow, continuous leak, and, you know, it'll just continuously, like, soak your underwear like a pad or something like that. No. Mine was, like, the full, like, someone took a pin (laughs) to my water balloon and just boom all over the floor all over the side of the bed because as I was in the process of standing up that's when it started to like gush out because I was still in the sitting position so I was kind of trapped in there so the second I started to stand up and kind of opened everything up it just soaked so I ran to the bathroom like Parker was still dead asleep at this point I hadn't said anything because I was. I thought I honestly thought at first I peed all over myself and I was so embarrassed I ran to the bathroom and I sat down on the toilet And I was like, what the hell was that? Like, I know I did not just pee my pants. I know I did not just pee my pants. It was way too much for me to pee my pants. Because I had gone to bed like 30 minutes before I had fallen asleep. And I always made it a point to go to the bathroom like two minutes before I was going to fall asleep. Because, you know, when you're pregnant, that pregnant, you wake up all the time to pee. So the sooner I I went pee before I went to bed, the later I wake up. (laughs) So it worked for me. So I knew, I just knew that I hadn't pee my pants and one thing this is probably gross so if you want to mute it for like five seconds or something like that they say when your water breaks you're going to bleed a little bit just because it's like it's rupturing of your amniotic fluid sac so it can make you bleed and like I when I went to the bathroom I like thought I peed so I obviously you know you wipe and there was blood on it I was like oh my god like what's going on like I freaked out because I didn't know no one had told me at that point that if my water ruptured I would bleed so I literally thought like something was wrong. Like immediately I thought something was wrong with Adeline, something was wrong with me. So I woke Parker up and this asshole, (laughs) he goes, what, what, what are you saying? I like, Parker, I think my water broke. Like get up. We need to go to the hospital. I need to go tell my mom. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, my water broke. And he was like, are you sure you didn't just pee yourself? And I was like, like in the moment I wasn't even mad because I just like wanted him to get up I was like no Berger, get up so I finally got up and then you know obviously after that I was like dude fuck you like what the hell <laughs> your wife was literally coming to you in a panic walking like a penguin because I was wet <laughs> <But> <laughs> my water broke and he asked me if I peed so I go tell my mom And I walked in her room bawling because I thought, like, Adeline, something was wrong because I was bleeding. And she was like, no, that's normal. Like, that's what's supposed to happen. And I was like,
0: why don't they tell you this stuff? Nobody tells you.
1: So I jumped in the shower (laughs) while Parker was packing her bag because I didn't want to go to the hospital covered in all that stuff. Like, you know, because, you know, when you have a baby, obviously they look down there and I didn't want it to be like dirt. Not that they care, but... I just took a quick shower, washed my hair because I knew I was going to be in the hospital and wasn't going to be able to shower for a day or two and wash my body. And then we went and we got to the hospital and man, they took forever to triage me too. We walked yeah, up to the triage kind of desk the and I told and her like my water broke. She was like, they're busy. yeah, yeah, no, remember we'll get there. Yeah. So I told the reception lady like that my water broke. We went into the, they have a specific labor and delivery triage entrance. Um, so it's just for people in labor. And, or people with complications of their pregnancy, like, you're having a miscarriage or something. Um, and the lady couldn't have been more slow. She was like, hang on. And, like, just, she fucked around for a while before she actually did anything, and I was pissed. Then they made me sit and wait until the nurse called me back. All the meanwhile, I was still, like, obviously. And they finally called us back, and they checked my water. And it was obviously positive, but I wasn't having active contractions. Um, so the the amniotic fluid test was positive. But because I wasn't having active contractions, the nurse, who was also a bitch, this first nurse we talked to, I'm just going to be honest, was like, well, you're not having contractions, so it might have been false. I'm going to do it again. And at this point, I was fucking pissed. I was like, no, you already made me wait an hour just to get back here. You're going to test me again because I'm not having contractions? like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No. When the first one was blatantly positive. Yeah. So she did it again. She's like... Okay, well, I guess it was your water, so I'm not really sure why you're not having contractions. That's strange, but like I said, she was a bitch, and I, I was just pissed, and then she left, and the new nurse came. That was awesome, but they decided to put my IV in and draw blood at the same time, one in each arm, so putting my IV in my left arm and drawing blood in my right arm when my first contraction hit. Literally, my first contraction, because my water had broke, normally when your water breaks, your contractions get a little bit stronger and more consistent, just because that's not, the, the barrier's not there anymore, so the baby can, like, get lower and try to move down, and my first contraction was, like, probably the contraction that someone would have after, they are like, five centimeters, because I was already almost, I was, like, what, almost four centimeters at that point? Yeah, I think so. And I hadn't had a single contraction, at least that I felt. I know my body was still having them, but not to the extent that I could feel them, and I had both my arms tied down on two different sides of the bed, sitting there, and I was just, like... Like,
0: it was her. so bad,
1: and I—I was the only reason I think it hit me so bad and I, I started crying the second like I got that contraction is because I couldn't move mm-hmm. and like the nurses both, were both like it's okay like you'll get through it just breathe we need to do this and like both of them were holding my arms down tighter than they were before one was poking me, me with a needle trying to get blood out the other one was trying to find a vein to put the or she was actively putting the needle in
0: she could not find a goddamn no, vein which is insane her like,
1: because my veins are huge
0: yeah it took her like 20 minutes oh, to put in a fucking IV I was yeah. like are you kidding me yeah
1: and so I looked at Parker and I said Parker I can't do this like them stop because I couldn't like I could not physically bear like a contraction while people were forcing me to like sit still like that is torture so anyway that we got through that they realized that like oh shit she's an active labor okay let's get her in a room I got to my room and the first thing my new nurse that came in that was going to be with me all through the night said to me was that I got the last bed at my hospital's labor and delivery unit. The last bed, they ran out of beds. They were if people were in active if people were in triage like in active labor that couldn't drive, they were sending ambulances to take them to different hospitals. And if people were just there for like minor reasons like they thought maybe they were having a few contractions but obviously weren't in labor, they were having them drive to different hospitals because they were full. I got the last bed. Thank God. Which was crazy. Um but yeah, Parker can kind of give his take on that first part of the story.
0: Kind of like how crazy it was. In defense of the P comment, I did not know that I had my last full night of sleep for a long time. I was not, I was not ready. Like it hit me, and I was like, "Oh God, I'm never gonna sleep again." He and was um, also still tipsy. I was
1: because he didn't get drunk. He didn't get drunk no, that night.
0: I, I had I had a buzz,
1: but he he was a little tipsy because he then never I, really drank that much, or he never he
0: doesn't really drink. that. do I don't, he I don't drink, drink any liquor. liquor. I, I drink beer. beer. I literally only drink beer. I. Yeah. Will, I will partake in a margarita every once in a while, if the mood is right. But I. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> I drink beer. So this was vodka. I hadn't drank vodka since. And you had
1: like three of them.
0: Yes. Me and her, her dad was like. Her sister went and got the pineapple juice, and her dad was like, "Oh, you knew you know what I used to drink? Pineapple juice and banana vodka. Get a bottle of that." And. Such. He made a. More- and they were so good. They were, they're were they delicious. It's so good. It sounds like probably the girliest drink ever. Man, are they delicious. They taste tropical as shit. And I loved it.
1: Okay, can we move on from that? Yes, yeah,
0: so that's that's my only defense there. But yes, it was a bad question. Yeah. Really and my
1: mom question. was with us the whole time. Unfortunately, in triage, they only let one person yes. back. So my obviously Parker was back in triage with me. Um, and one thing my mom did say that she freaked out about is... Obviously, when there's a code blue in the hospital, even if you're in the labor delivery unit, the code blue siren still goes off throughout the entire hospital. So I was back in triage. My mom had texted me about 10 minutes ago, and I hadn't responded yet because I was in the process of getting my, all my IVs and stuff, so I couldn't get to my phone. So it had been like 10 or 15 minutes since I texted her back, and all of a sudden, this code blue siren started going off. And of course, I mean she probably knew, like, there's no way. I mean, she's just she's just in labor. But, you know, she's still a mom. She was terrified. I was, you know, so she was like calling me and like, are you okay? That wasn't you, like, is that's not your code blue? Like <laughs> she was freaking out, which for good reason. Um, but anyway, yeah, all from there, I mean, it went pretty smooth from there. We got into the room. They got my IV going, they gave me, they have to give you two bags of fluid before you can get an epidural, um, which my contractions were still super inconsistent. Like when I got one, they were bad, yeah. but they didn't come. Like I would get one and then I would get one five minutes later and then I would get one seven minutes later and then I'd get one three minutes later. It was just like, I was obviously in active labor because my water had broke And they can't send you home once your water breaks because within 24 hours of your water breaking, you can get a serious infection that can kill both you and your baby. So they have to keep you once your water breaks, Um, which is why the nurse tested me twice because I wasn't having contractions. So they wanted to send me home because they were so busy. Um, They like to send people home. Yeah, they do very much like to send people home. Um, But, you know, got to do what you got to do. Labor delivery units are always busy, so... Um, But for some reason, mine was very busy that night. Mm-hmm. And I love the hospital. The nurse was awesome. They got me my epidural. The, <laughs> the yeah. anesthesiologist that did my epidural with Adeline, um, he was rudely awakened from his on-call sleeping bed and was pissed that he was coming to do 12 epidurals because the labor and delivery unit was so busy. So he did not want to be called again because for those of you that don't know if you get an epidural and they don't do it right or they didn't give you enough medicine or like something like that, they have to come back and like either try to give you an extra shot of medicine in your like catheter thing or they have to sometimes they'll have to completely redo your epidural if they like totally missed it so he didn't that man wanted to go back to sleep and did not want to be called again. So he did my epidural and he probably gave me, <laughs> he, he, he dosed me up, man. Like I could not move my, from my hips down by myself. Like you're still supposed to be able to kind of like maneuver your body to like help the nurses, like turn you from positions. I couldn't do that. So whenever a nurse in my, my nurse that I had was like smaller than I was, which at that point in time, I was tiny, obviously I was pregnant, but like, if I wasn't pregnant, I was five, four and 130 pounds. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty small and she was smaller than that. So there was no way this nurse was going to lift me on her own. So Parker, every time the nurse had to come in to roll me, I like change my position, Parker had to get up and help her do it because, and she was pissed. She was like, this anesthesiologist has done this to every woman <laughs> that I am delivering right now. Because he wanted to go back to sleep, and now I'm mad because it's making my job harder because I can't move these women by myself. <laughs> so it was funny, but I mean, I loved it because I couldn't feel anything—not
0: a goddamn thing. We got a great night of sleep. Yeah, we day. did. Every and two hours, had to have yeah. a flipper.
1: And thankfully, my mom was in the room too. So by this point, my mom was sleeping um, on the bed. And Parker took the no, recliner, recliner chair, chair next to my bed. my mom was sleeping on like the pull out like or the long like couch under the window. Um, and we were just watching movies and sleeping. and my mom actually woke up when the nurses came in to help me and Parker stayed asleep most of the time
0: i think it's probably like 50 <laughs> i
1: don't think so nobody my mom woke up every time my mom never slept through it my mom always woke up and came over to help and there was nobody a few woke me <laughs> up because we were just gonna wake you if well, you did to you wake, you wake up, up with the lights turning on three people talking loud ruffling of the sheets and that peanut ball being moved and checking my iv lines then you clearly didn't want to
0: wake I up i was tired you just gotta shake me
1: <laughs> so we let him sleep uh yeah, but it took a while.
0: Yeah. I was...
1: started active labor when my water broke at 930 in the afternoon or at night, my gosh, on Saturday night. And I had Adeline at 11:16 a.m. on Sunday morning, the next morning. Yes. Um, so through the night, again, we just slept, really. They came in and rolled me. My epidural never stopped working, ever. Um, There was a few times when, like, if I was sleeping weird, Because, like, you know, you have to sleep on your side. If I, like, one hip was higher than the other or something, it would get, like, I don't know if the catheter that they put in your back would get, like, jostled around or something that I wouldn't get. Like, one side of my body would have a little bit more than the other. But as soon as I readjusted, and you can hit that button to administer, like, I think it's once every 30 minutes or once every hour?
0: It's, like, once every five minutes.
1: Oh, okay. Well, there's a button that you can push, and it gives you an extra little dose of, like, the epidural medicine, Um, I don't remember exactly how often you can do it. Um, And that kind of helps if if something like that happens, it can kind of help you numb. So I would just push that and then I would kind of just as much as I could, I would grab the like sidebar of the bed and just kind of (laughs) pose myself (laughs) a little bit. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think was it, I think I loved my night nurse and I didn't quite love my day nurse quite as much.
0: No, I think they were both awesome. Yeah, it, it was, was the, it? It was the. Well, uh, we're
1: not even going to fucking talk about her. <laughs> because someone's going to get mad because yes, of what they, I say. Yeah, so we're not. Gonna, yeah, we're not going to talk about her. Um, <laughs> um. Anyway, that was that. That's part of postpartum, not my labor. But, um. So of course, the shift change comes because night. The night, at least the night nurses at the hospital that I was delivering at are seven to seven, and then. It obviously goes from there. It's seven to seven, seven to seven. Um, so at about seven in the morning, I got my day nurse, and she was obviously the one that was going to deliver Adeline. Well, help deliver. Obviously, the doctor did it because the night nurse went home, which was sad because we had gotten so used to each other. Obviously, because I knew her.
0: Um It's weird. You for yeah during during labor you kind of form this. Weird, really fast personal relationships. That's she with keeps sticking there's... her
1: fingers in my vagina.
0: Yeah. Well, even like, <laughs> like it's just it's it's a very personal process. So everybody's very open with each other. And well, like, I mean, yeah, it's very personal throughout, and it's it's cool that it's not like just somebody like, hey, I'm yeah. gonna come.
1: And different. the thing is people, people think that with like labor, they're like, Oh, I'm so worried that the nurse is going to like, the nurse has to like, so many people are going to see me down there. When you are in labor, you do not give a shit. Like I was worried about that too. Kind of leading up to it. Once you hit 36 weeks and your doctor, every, cause once you hit 36 weeks, you have to go once a week. Mm-hmm. And once you hit like 32 weeks, you go every two weeks. Um, at least that's how my OB office did it. But, um. So once you have 36 weeks, most practices, some don't, but most practices, if you would like them to, will check you for dilation, which checking you for dilation is sticking their pointer and middle finger into your wahoo, and they spread their mm-hmm. fingers. They know, they have, you know, obviously they've learned this, but however far they can spread their fingers is how dilated you are. So you get used to it. <laughs> I mean, you have, if you go all full term, you have four weeks of that practice. But when you're in labor, you just want to know how dilated you are because the longer you're in labor, the more exhausted you get, and so it really isn't a big deal. And they're so just—they're very, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm bad at words. Natural. Yeah, they're just very, very like. Uh, it's gonna bother me that I can't see the word. Say the word.
0: Natural fluid.
1: No, like when discreet. They're very discreet about it, so yes. they're like. They just, like, they walk in, and the first thing they do when they walk in the room is they put their glove on, they get their little, like, petroleum jelly out, because, just, yeah, don't even ask. But they get their petroleum jelly out, and they squirt it on their fingers like they're supposed to, and they don't even, like, they don't even talk to, they just come in and ask, like, how are you doing, like... Like, how are you sleeping? Oh, I love this movie. Like, they just make small talk while they're doing this, so it's just, like, not awkward
0: and you're standing oh, there watching them. my fingers in Yeah, and then, out.
1: obviously, they come to the bed, end of the bed, where your legs are, and they're like, okay, I'm going to check you real quick. I just want to make sure you're dilating. And then they'll just do it, and then they'll say, okay, you're about this, and you're blah, 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 faced. And then they'll leave or ask if you need anything, and then they'll leave. So they're very discreet about it. They make it very comfortable. It's never awkward. Um, and I fortunately was not at a teaching hospital, so I didn't have like medical students in all the time. Oh, thank God. Cause you, even, even if you are at a teaching hospital, you can tell the staff that you don't want students in and they have to honor that. Um, so I probably personally, because it was my first labor, I probably would have asked that. Um, but my nurse was awesome. And then yeah, morning rolls around. I think we ended up like waking up, waking up for the morning at like 6 or 7. I think we ended up like waking up and staying awake when it was about like 6.45 and my night nurse came in with my day nurse to introduce Mm -hmm. her to me. And I think that obviously woke us up because it was like a 15 minute conversation. I think I tried to sleep longer than that,
0: but that was a no-go.
1: Yeah. So um, that's kind of when we woke up for good. I couldn't eat, so I hadn't eaten anything since dinner Saturday night. And which is way less time than I went with Theo because oh my God that's a whole other story. (laughs) Theo's was just a disaster. Um, Theo's birth story, if you guys want to hear that one, was like the week leading up to it was just hell, and the day like the two days leading up to it was just even more hell, and then the process itself was hell. So it (laughs) it was it was he was premature. I was forced into labor with. an an emergency induction. So we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, But anyway, yeah, so, I I mean, I was going to tell Parker to kind of give his input on the whole through-the-night labor thing, but he slept, so.
0: I did. I slept a lot. There are a few parts of, like, the labor and delivery area. So they have unlimited. At least at our hospital. Yeah. Well, most hospitals are going to have, like, just a little like snack and drink room that you have unlimited pretty, use of. Um, so I then they have like little mini cans of soda. So I think I drank about two dozen of those just during labor. Um, then they have like snacks and stuff. Um, the reclining chair fucking sucks and it's like just sleeping on a rock. Um, so that sucks a lot. I was tired enough that I got a good night of sleep. But it's just not comfortable. Um, I we did get a better night of sleep than I expected. I expect yeah. like, oh, water's breaking, it's all over. I'm not gonna get any sleep tonight, I'm just gonna be awake all night. Once that epidural went in.
1: Yeah. No which more... I think I, I think part of it is just the fact that I got my epidural so fast because mm-hmm. um, once your water breaks, your contractions get a lot more intense. Um, that's at least what the nurses and stuff had told me. And because I wasn't having any contractions that I could feel before my water broke, I didn't really have any chance to know what a real, like just a a slow progression to the contractions. It just like, boom, it was there and they were bad. And so it was just like, I think it just shocked my body. And I was just worried that if I tried to go longer without the epidural, I would either one wait too long and not be able to get it, and then you have to have the baby without an epidural, which is props to the moms that do that, because oh and, <laughs> and number two, um, it your body if you go without an epidural sometimes, it doesn't happen to all women, but your if you go too long, your body can tense itself up and like make it it's like stresses your body out. And it can cause you to not be able to like progress as quickly because your body's tense, which doesn't help you dilate. So I was just worried that any of those things could happen, and I was I was a first time mom, obviously, so I was scared. So I got the epidural. I'm glad I got the epidural. <laughs> I got it probably like an hour and a half after we got there, and like yeah. after we got to the room,
0: it was pretty quick. Yeah. So that was and that was just I know some people hate this stuff, but I it was very interesting to watch, like the whole process of having an epidural yeah. put in because I I pretty much just. Scoot my chair back and watch him do his thing so that was pretty cool um man 14 hours of labor
1: yeah so all that went by and it was about what time was it like 10 30
0: probably later than that it was pretty quick once it was time
1: well no because it took a while to get the doctor in there and stuff it's probably about 10, 10, between 10 and 10, 15, I would say I started feeling like intense pressure. Like it's like pressure that you feel like you have to poop. Um, like you feel like, I don't know if anyone has ever been like extremely constipated, but if you know, like sure. when your body is like super constipated and you feel like you just, you have to poop, like that's the feeling that you get when you're like ready to push, at least for my body. And I started feeling that feeling and <laughs> the nurses told me every time they came into my room, once you feel that, <laughs> push your button and call me, because I need to come in. And I pushed my button, called her, I told her, she checked me. She I was 10 centimeters dilated. So I was 10 centimeters dilated at about nine, at about nine in the morning. But Adeline hadn't dropped fully yet. It was probably about 9.15. Adelaide hadn't dropped fully yet, so they wanted to give me another hour because Adelaide wasn't in distress, and I, my epidural was working, so I wasn't uncomfortable. So they wanted to let her drop as much as they could to make it so I wasn't pushing for too long because had I started pushing at 9 when, she, when I was 10 centimeters... It could have still taken me until 11 because she wasn't dropped. So they didn't want that to happen. So they they said, well, we're going to give you another hour. Once it hits that hour mark, we're obviously just going to have you push because we don't want to risk her going into distress because she's ready if you're not pushing. Um, and she said, if at any time you feel that that need to push, you need to like call us. So I, I called them in. They checked me. They said, okay, well, give me a minute. Let me go get another nurse because they like to have two nurses in there when you do practice pushes just in case. Anything crazy?
0: <laughs> he said, "Baby slides out."
1: So she went and grabbed another nurse, and then she came back in, and the pressure was getting worse. I was hitting that epidural button like every time it would let me hit it again because the pressure was so bad that it kind of felt like my epidural was like wearing off almost. Um, so I kept pushing, her. <laughs> um, and so they came in. They had me do—I think I did two, no, I think I did three practice pushes
0: with Adeline. Three rounds. What do you mean? Well, isn't it like a you hold it for a certain amount of time or something?
1: Well, three pushes. That's what I'm saying. One, two, three, four, five. Let go. One, two, three, four, five. Let go. One, two, three, four, five. Let go. Okay, right. So like three pushes, and then she was like, "Okay, stop. (laughs) Like, I think she's ready. I don't think you're gonna have to push for very long. Let me go call the doctor, and we'll be back." And it took the doctor a little while to get there, but they were really busy and. It was like I was okay. It it didn't take like too long. I would say what, fifteen minutes maybe? That's
0: tough. To get was, the doctor yeah. there.
1: Yeah. And then I started pushing and I pushed was it twelve minutes?
0: I have no idea. That, I think I literally only
1: pushed for like twelve minutes and it was like a sequence of like a sequence of like those four big like three pushes that they have you do. I think I did like four of those and she was bored. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: So, and Parker cried harder than I did.
0: Oh my goodness. It's the most unreal out of body experience. Yeah. And I might sound kind of cheesy, but like this, just one quick moment and she's there and I'm looking at her and the just flood of emotions that like goes through your brain and your entire body is inexplainable and just the, it manifests in itself and just my face just pouring tears just like ugly crying uncontrollably and it was the most like ridiculous incredible thing on yeah. the planet i suggest trying it for anyone way <laughs> okay. better way better okay. than any drug
1: okay okay we're we're moving on from that um, because that's gonna lead us down avenue we don't wanna go. Anyway, um and for all of you wondering, yes, Parker did watch the entire thing. Um at first I was a little bit like I'm not sure if I want him to watch at the be- What was that? Hang on. Wasn't Abby. What was that? I
0: don't know.
1: It might have been the fridge. It sound like the fridge. Is only someone walking?
0: You keep talking. I'm going to Can you mute
1: it? Anyway, um, we're going to mute Parker's microphone. This is live. It sounded like someone was walking in our house, and both of our children are sleeping, and our security system is on, and <laughs> there's no one in here. Um, anyway, continuing. Oh, yes, for all of you asking, Adeline, or er, Jesus, <laughs> Parker did watch, um... And what I learned through him watching was it helped him watching honestly gave me more support because as he was watching, he was able to, you know, tell me like, like, oh, you're almost there. Like, you got it. Like, I can see your head. And like, obviously, the nurses tell you that, too, if the husband isn't watching, even if the husband is watching or boyfriend or significant other, whatever, sorry, whatever it is. Um, whoever is watching or in the room with you, they still are going to tell you just so you know it from the doctor's perspective. But having the person that is there to solely support you and make you feel like comfortable and give you extra support during that time, saying those things to you and seeing it personally, it, it honestly helped me feel more strength. So in my personal opinion, having the dad, obviously if you're comfortable with it and it if does. They're it, comfortable
0: with it. Yeah. They don't want to do yeah. It.
1: If, if they're not comfortable with it, whatever. But if they're comfortable with it and you can get yourself to be okay with it, I highly suggest it because not only was it such a magic moment for Parker to witness, it was also super cool that he was able to like real life support me and like tell me updates and I could hear it from him instead of hearing it from a doctor. Uh, it helped me a lot. So Parker did watch. Um Adeline immediately got pushed up, put on my stomach. She was perfect. She was crying. She was breathing just fine. No problems. Yeah, no problems at all. your first, baby. They wiped her off and laid her on my chest. And they went and took her weight and that kind of stuff and put her back on my chest. And I was up and trying to go to the bathroom about an hour after I it had her. It was
0: really quick.
1: Yeah. Um, it was quicker with you. But I... I had a very, very, very small tear inside. It wasn't like a tear on the outside where, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard, you can tear from hole to hole. (laughs) This is for you to prepare. Um, That can happen. That did not happen to me. I had a very, very, very small. I think it was like a quarter inch, maybe, if even that. Free birth control. Yeah, it was tiny. The tiny little tear I had, I think I need one stitch, maybe two. And that was it. So it was like the perfect, easy, magical birth. Yeah, and it was beautiful, and I loved every minute of it. I love having kids. For me, like the whole birthing experience is just—it's so awesome. Like I love the being in the hospital with your significant other, and like that's—it's such a bonding moment for you and your new significant yeah, other, is. even if it's just. Even if it's, like, your third time having a baby, it's still because you're bonding over a new life
0: that you've created. And so it's just – it's really cool. It's very cool. But, I yeah. Labor, from my side, it's more stressful than I expected. Um, so, like, when they do – when the pushing does come around, they're, like – if if you're there to watch, you're helping. So I was holding, I was holding one leg. My mom was holding the other, actually. And then I was in charge of the oxygen mask and updates. So I would have to. And hold my her, mom
1: was in charge of the rag.
0: Yes. So I would hold a leg up. You were on my up left leg while she was on the right. I think. No, I was on the right. Okay. Um. I would, I'm. So I would, while she sorry. was pushing, I would hold a leg up. And then I'd have to remember when she was done. I'd have to give her the oxygen mask. You'd hold
1: my and, leg and my back.
0: Oh my goodness! It and it's so much happening all at once. Like, oh yeah, and the reason and I, I kept need oxygen.
1: The reason I need oxygen was just because, um, for some reason, as I was pushing, I think a little bit. It wasn't like Adeline went into like severe distress or anything like that, but obviously it kind of takes a toll a little bit on the baby as you're, you know, doing that, and it also is really hard for the mom because, yeah, I mean, you're pushing with everything you have continuously because she was coming so fast and because, you know, she was going to be born in these four pushes. They didn't ever really give me a break because they knew it was going to be so fast if I just kept going. So they kind of had me literally just keep going. I never really got a consistent break longer than five seconds. So I was just, I was getting to the point where I couldn't really breathe through them anymore. So they were her try to put the oxygen mask on my face anytime I wasn't pushing because um, it's five seconds and then they give you like if it's one of those like three or if it's one of those like three push interval things they you push five seconds you lay down for like two seconds max you push again lay down for two you push and then after that is when they give you that like five ten seconds to kind of sit there and breathe and then they say okay let's go again so that's what the auction mask is for um, I was also getting really hot And so my mom had, like, a cool rag to try to, like, cool me down that she was putting on my head. She was pulling my other leg. And for all of you wondering, no, my mom did not look. Had she wanted to, I would have been fine with that. She brought me into this world. (laughs) So, and by this point, she had been in the room with me the whole time as I was getting checked. They were messing around with me, you know, fixing my gown. At that point, she probably had already seen anything, everything anyway. So had she have wanted to, I would have been fine with it. But I'm also that person that... A body is a body, and everyone has one. Everyone looks different, but everyone has a body. And if someone's going to judge you for the way your body looks, especially when you're doing something like that, then... Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our birth experience. It was amazing, beautiful. Adeline was perfect. She was healthy. Um, she really didn't have anything wrong at all. I mean, They're so she, tiny. She got a tiny little bit of jaundice, but not bad enough to need any treatment. It was just... They just wanted to make sure that we kept...
0: Okay, everybody, everybody. Gets
1: yeah, samples. yeah. But Theo had a bad.
0: Yeah, there's bad jaundice, but it, 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 whenever they tell you, oh, there's a little bit of jaundice, nothing to worry about, just know that that happens a little bit to every baby. In this one. Am right. I muted? No. No? Okay, I thought that was your reason for it. No, that you have. Your, your cord is, like, oh, okay. hanging
1: right. in front of
0: your face.
1: out? Yeah, I think, I think that's all for Adeline's birth story. I mean, hers was kind of just, like, the picture-perfect... Story. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. Which is
0: nice when you're as young and horrified as we were. Because I was fucking petrified. Yeah, was so scared. Like that first when that that first thing I talked about, the full of emotions, and then you move up to the recovery room and you realize, oh my god, this is a little tiny human that's one hundred percent helpless and relying on me for life. And I shit myself.
1: Yeah, the only thing I'll let you guys know about recovery for me personally, and I'm not going to say anything more than this, my recovery nurse with Adeline did not speak English. That was the, I mean, obviously she spoke a little bit of English. She had to to work the job. But I'm not going to tell you what language she spoke, what she was, but.
0: There was a language barrier.
1: She did not speak English, so. When she would ask me questions, I couldn't understand her. She she expected me, she would, like, quiz me. Every time she came into the room to check on me, she would, like, quiz me, like, how often are you supposed to feed your baby? How often should you be changing your baby's diaper? How often are you supposed to be doing this? Like, go the fuck away. Like, go away. Like, there was a point in our recovery where she was being so rude about, like, asking the same questions every time she came in and, like, literally quizzing me, I, I started as a warrior. I didn't answer her questions anymore. I, and that probably sounds bad if you're listening to this, like, she was your nurse. Like, but if you would have been there and witnessed the situation, because my mom was in recovery with me the whole time, too, with Parker, and my mom was still just like, oh, my fucking God, leave her alone. So eventually, I stopped answering. I started ignoring her completely. I, every time she would come in, I would say a word to her. I would look at my phone or I would look at Adeline and just literally she was there. And my mom would answer for me because I refused to. Because she didn't get the hint that she was being fucking annoying. And knowing now, <laughs> I should have just gotten the charge nurse and asked for a new nurse. Because they would have done that. Because I had Theodore at the same hospital... <laughs> I guess who my recovery nurse is going to be? The same fucking non-English speaking bitch. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Goddamn. Not that not speaking
1: English is bad, but when you're not speaking English to someone that doesn't speak anything other than English and cannot understand you because your accent is so thick and you can't not speak English, that's a problem. Like, and it's fine. if you. It's can, just a
0: situation where a language barrier presents.
1: A problem.
0: A, a problem because there are such small details and. Yeah. Well, really the thing important is, things that getting yeah. lost in translation can be a problem
1: because she was she would use mes- medical terminology but with her accent and not being able to really speak English I couldn't understand the medical terminology she was using so that I was like I don't know what you're saying like I was trying so hard to understand what she was saying and I was having my mom help me and Parker help me and keep in mind I and was she exhausted. was just an
0: annoying human being she no, was matter what, she, no matter what no matter what language she or no matter what she sounded like what language she was speaking, I don't what care what kind like, of accent there was. She was just an annoying fucking person. And that's just I just think it, she went
1: about it the wrong it way. It is what it is yeah. with that. So with Theo You might sound like she came up, right now, but I probably but I don't care because you're no I'm I wasn't gonna let anyone ruin my birth and how beautiful it was, and she was doing that for me. And I wasn't gonna let that happen. So I just started ignoring her, pretending it wasn't happening. But with Theo, they they wheeled me up to recovery and
0: there she was. I'm gonna introduce know. herself. No, and... she
1: wasn't. Her name was on the board.
0: I thought she came in. No, she eye.
1: didn't come in. No, not at all. She walked by the room and was like, "I'll be your labor delivery nurse, or I'll be your postpartum nurse." But that was after we saw her name on the board, and oh, we saw her and, name, we're
0: like, "Is it her?" Yeah, and, and then me she...
1: and Parker were both like,
0: "Oh, oh fuck. fuck!"
1: Like this is the same nurse. I swear to God. And we were like, "Let's just wait until she comes in." She came in, just like. I'll be in in a minute just like because she was off to do something else so the second I saw her I straight out I said Parker go find the charger she's so sitting at the desk of the nurse's station tell her I want a new nurse you can tell her that I had her last time and I didn't have a good experience with her and I would like someone else and he obviously went and he said it very respectfully
0: very nice but and then you just got the charger and then the
1: charger was like oh no i totally understand i'll handle it so the charge nurse was my new nurse was awesome <laughs> and she was awesome so this is that that's just my tip to you if you don't like the person that's being your nurse because they're not treating you right um whatever the reason it, may they're be they're making it not enjoyable for you whatever it may be ask for a new nurse because they cannot say no yeah so i mean if they don't have any nurses other than that then you're kind of
0: tough shit I'll Also but tell you this don't feel bad being a pain in the ass, don't feel bad for asking for things, and don't feel bad for requesting things because they are charging you eight arms and twelve fucking legs to be there. It's a goddamn eight-star hotel price for you to sleep in that fucking recovery room. (laughs) Make as many fucking requests as you want because that Tylenol you asked for, they're going to charge you $400 for. So just just ask for it. Don't feel bad. They're now... Is that money going directly to the hospital? Probably. But they're charging you a shit ton. You're going to get a big fucking bill either way. So just yeah. be a pain in the ass if you want to be a pain in the yeah. ass. Don't feel bad about Make it.
1: Make it the experience you want it to be. Don't let anyone... My biggest, My biggest suggestion if you're having a baby is don't let anyone take it away from you because it is seriously the best, most magical moment of your life. And I may also sound like an asshole for what I'm about to say, but... If you personally want the time for you and your husband to just spend with your baby, tell your parents they can't come. Tell your sister they can't come. Tell your mother-in-law they cannot come to the hospital until you've had your day or two to bond with your family. That is okay. It is okay, and they're probably going to hate you for it for a little while (laughs) because they don't understand because all they want to do is love the baby as well. But it's most important for you and your baby to get that time to bond together, and you can't do that if someone else is holding your baby constantly. So, it is okay to have your own birth plan and stick to your birth plan, and if you step on other people's toes doing it, that's fine, because it's your baby. You choose now. No one else makes the decisions for you. So, do what you want to do, and don't feel bad about it. Yep. Because people will get over it. Preach. So, that's my biggest suggestion. If you're having a baby anytime soon, or whenever you have a baby, if you want to remember, oh, Lexi said to do this. Sure, quote it. Tell your mom. Well... You know, I'm friends with this girl and she told me not to invite you. I'm, I'll am i take the heat for you all day long, girl. Go ahead, send her my number. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, it was great. I Adeline's was a lot easier than Picture Theo's. perfect
0: as, as smooth and as lovely as labor and delivery goes. And we'll touch on Theo's, and it will be on the other end of the spectrum. Yes. So that will be a fun one.
1: We weren't it wasn't like we were treated poorly or anything. It was just a totally different situation. I'll we'll have to talk about.
0: Yes. So that one will be that'll be interesting. Um, but I think we've taken up enough of your time. Um we appreciate everyone that voted on this topic. I think like sent this out through Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the winner on short notice, so we appreciate that. Um let's see what we do. Uh we're getting into our schedule route. You guys will see this Tuesday morning. You can expect another one this coming Friday, and uh, that's what you can expect from here on out.
1: Yes, and definitely if you guys don't like that schedule for some reason, or like you prefer we change the days around, let us know, and we can always think about it. Um, This is just kind of an easy, quick schedule that we just kind of threw together. You know, Tuesday is, it's not Monday, so people aren't exhausted from their first work day or whatever it may be, and Fridays are just people want to sit around and do nothing on Fridays, so... And then we figured you have the weekend that you're not (laughs) trying to listen to our podcast if that's what you want to do. So if there's another day that you would prefer, let us know. But for now, it's going to be Tuesdays and Fridays. They'll probably be up around 9 um, Pacific time, which would be 11 Central time. So for all of my friends in Nebraska, it'll be about 11 o'clock your time. But I will post it on my Instagram as soon as it goes live. and And I'll put the link in my bio, and you guys can go check it out.
0: All right. Leave five stars. Leave a comment. Only if it's good. If it's bad, fuck off. Parker. Uh, follow <laughs> us on social media. DM Zero open. Let us know what you want to hear. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys.
2: You know the drama.